The truth is the truth. And the truth belongs, doesn't belong to me. If I called it my truth, you should run like hell. If you called it your truth, I'm going to run like hell. Then whose truth is it? As far as I'm concerned, the truth belongs to God. And it's equally available to each and every one of us, but only when we're present. Roots of Impact Podcast. Roots of Impact Podcast. Roots of Impact Podcast. Hello, Roots of Impact Podcast. This is your host, Chris, and welcome to another episode of our podcast. Today, I am honored to introduce to you one of the most inspiring podcasts that I have done so far, and that is because I interviewed one of my favorite spiritual teachers, Leonard Jacobson. Leonard's teachings have really helped me in my spiritual journey to be more connected with my true self and being able to be more established into presence, and for that, I am immensely grateful. Leonard is deeply committed to helping others break through the, through to the joyous experience of living in the now. He teaches us how to become fundamentally present and how to arise in mastery of our mind and ego. He embodies a profound depth of presence and his teachings are a powerful reminder that in truth, there is no life outside of this present moment. He has been helping uh, people for more than 30 years. A little bit more about Leonard. He is the founder of the Conscious Living Foundation, which is a registered nonprofit organization. And in 2005, he was awarded the Peace Prize by Religious Science International, although he is not affiliated or associated with any religion or church. His teachings is both inclusive of and transcended of all religions and spiritual traditions. It is for all of those who genuinely are seeking to awaken and for all those who want to overcome the pain and limitations of the past and to open into a more loving and abundant world. Leonard is the author of five books, uh, Words of From Silence, Journey Into Now, which is probably one of my favorite spiritual uh, books that I ever read. He also wrote Embracing the Present, Bridging Heaven and Earth, and In Search of the Light, a winner of the Indie Children's Book Award. Journey into Now has been translated into eight different languages. Uh, he also uh, launched earlier this year, I, I believe, the app called Awaken Now, which is an amazing app and is designed to support uh, people on their journey of awakening by providing an online platform with direct access to, to his teachings and, you know, people interact with each other. It's, it's just a very safe uh, environment where people are trying to, you know, to be more connected to the true self and, and really to, to awaken um, and be, you know, and, and as, as Leonard says, to be more established in presence and be able to, to master our mind and ego. So I highly recommend uh, to anybody that is drawn to Leonard's teachings to, uh, to download the app. I think it's only $8 a month, uh, su 
you know immensely worth it so um so so i highly recommend that one of the most significant aspects of Leonard's teachings is his unique insight into the nature of the mind and ego. He teaches us how to work, how to come into right relationship with the ego in a way that helps the ego to relax. And he teaches us how to integrate awakened consciousness into everyday life and relationships. For me, being able to access who we truly are in this present moment is probably one of the most precious gifts that we can give ourselves um, and, and how to recognize that, that in truth, our truth selves can only be accessed in this present moment when our mind is silenced. So before jumping into the podcast, I would like to recommend to you to try to remain as present as you as you can while listening to the podcast so that you're fully able to soak in into Leonard's wisdom and energy of presence. Because in reality, his teachings are not really meant for your mind to understand, but they're designed for you to deepen to the true dimension of yourself that you can that can only be accessed in the present moment when your mind is silent. So with that, here's the podcast. Well, Leonard, thank you so much uh, for being in the Roots of Impact podcast. As I was telling you before, I follow your teaching probably 10 years ago now. And I shared your teachings with my family, with friends. And, you know, it's just, you know, it's it's a blessing um, what you share and, and, you know, your energy. I think that what resonates the most with me is every time that I see your videos, like it's kind of like automatically I enter into presence, which I enjoy very much. So, um, so thank you so much. And thank you for being here. Well, you're very welcome. Um, <laughs> it'd be pointless me doing this, sharing this teaching unless people responded in the way you were describing. Yeah. Awesome. So I wanted to start, Leonard, if you can walk us through a little bit your your journey into your spiritual uh, journey and your, into your awakenings. Just kind of walk us through a little bit through that. All right. Well, we have to go all the way back to 1981. And uh, um, it was Christmas time and time for Christmas vacation. And I really didn't know what to do with myself. So uh I discovered there was a seven-day personal growth retreat happening uh, somewhere in Australia, a very remote area of Australia, and so I decided to go to that. I didn't know anyone. I didn't know the group leader. I didn't know anything about the uh, retreat itself, but I thought, well, it's a good thing to do for seven days during the vacation. So I did that, but at the end of this uh, seven-day retreat, I had a very unexpected, very spontaneous, very multidimensional and uh, uh, somewhat difficult awakening experience which radically altered the course of my life. I was never the same after that first experience. And it was during this experience that I really spontaneously opened up into the deepest level of presence, even though at the time I didn't know that that's what it was, but upon reflection, I know I know now that's what it was. I opened to a very profound and deep level of presence, and suddenly I'm experiencing oneness. I'm experiencing I'm completely intoxicated with love. Uh, I'm receiving all these messages from all sorts of realms and dimensions, and uh, it was just amazing. Uh, 
I was, I think the strongest feeling was a feeling of oneness and complete intoxication, overwhelmed with the energy of love. I found myself singing love songs to the trees and the flowers and the birds and the cows that were grazing on the side of the road. I was a little bit like a madman, um, completely intoxicated with love. Anyway, it was during this experience that the energy suddenly shifted and went to a deeper level. And uh, all of a sudden, I don't know how I knew, uh, but I knew it was God. Suddenly the energy of God suddenly appeared in everything around me and also within me, and um, it was unmistakable. Now, prior to this moment, I can tell you that I was agnostic, if not atheist. I had no interest in religion, no interest in God. I'd rejected the whole sorry story many, many years ago. But here I am uh, directly encountering God in, in this moment, and it, it lasted for quite a while where I'm in this extraordinary sense of oneness with God, heaven on earth. It was just amazing. But then to my great surprise, God asked me to do something. And it was very shocking to me. I don't know why I was being asked this, but God asked me to tell the truth about Jesus. And um, my response to God was, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know the truth about Jesus. And if I did, I wouldn't tell anyway, but I don't know the truth about Jesus. Now, what happened after that was very, very uh, interesting for me. I discovered that, that the God that, that was addressing me or I was speaking to was an unconditionally loving and allowing God. I was allowed to say no, mm. and God didn't disappear. God didn't go away. So I spent the next three or four weeks in this exalted state, beyond time, in the eternal realm, heaven on earth, oneness, experiencing God, and all sorts of revelations came through to me. I don't know where they came from. They seemed to be coming from within or without. It was hard to tell. But um, revelations about what had happened to me when I was a child and how I'd gone astray and uh, I was kind of being healed in the process, but also uh, very deep revelations about um, what's happened to humanity. How come we're so lost? How did we get so lost? Uh, what happened to us? And is there, a, is, there a way, is there a way back? to the truth of who we are. So this was the first awakening. And it, as I said, it lasted several weeks, um, maybe four or five weeks, I don't remember exactly. And gradually it, slowed, it settled. I, I was able to return to a, a more normal level of consciousness where I could, to some degree, function in the world. And, um, uh, and then three years later, I had a second awakening. So um, <clears throat> the second awakening uh, was also extremely powerful, possibly more powerful than the first. And it was during the second awakening that I had all these revelations about Jesus, which later uh, um, were included and integrated into the play that I, that I wrote many years ago, many years afterwards, um, uh, called Liberating Jesus. So once again, it was a profound experience of uh, oneness, love, heaven on earth, God, extraordinary revelations that really were quite shocking to me in a way. Uh, and it was not the easiest of experience to go through, I can assure you. I don't recommend it, but I managed to get through it. And uh, again, four or five, no, probably three months later, uh, I came down from that peak that I was on um, and uh, was slowly able to reintegrate into the, into the you know, normal functioning in the world. So it, 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 it almost it almost seems like 
these, yeah, these awakening experiences happen out of nowhere. I mean, do you think the fact that you, in your first awakening, that you were in that, you had that experience in that retreat, that helped to open up a little bit to to that awakening experience? Well, I'll tell you what I think really contributed to this uh, this awakening experience. I was just there as an ordinary participant, just like everyone else. But I noticed two things about my participation in the retreat. Number one, I was so much more open than anyone else. I was so much more vulnerable, self-disclosing. I was really willing to reveal to the group members. There are only about 15 people in the group. But I was willing to be completely honest about my humanness, about how I judged myself, about how inadequate I felt, about all sorts of things, all the limiting beliefs that I'd acquired in my childhood. I was very open about it and much more than anyone else. And yet at the same time, something was happening that I didn't understand. I was becoming more and more present without really knowing what that was. For example, I could see auras around trees. Mm. I could really feel that I was dropping into another level of consciousness. But at the same time, I was really revealing and honest and authentic about my humanness, all those things about myself I wish I could have changed. But I was willing to just reveal it and share it and be open about it. And uh, in my view, that's the magic combination. It's the coming together of the godly dimension of you, which is the awakened you, awakened in presence, with the human dimension of you. In other words, we're not trying to eliminate our humanness. We're revealing our humanness. And somehow by revealing our humanness, being honest, authentic about it, who we've become lost in a world where no one is present, who have we become, the more honest we are about our humanness, but it's being revealed in a sense before that dimension, the dimension of us, which is presence and love and truth and oneness, then something magical happens. It's a very powerful uh, um, a setting for deep, deep healing, healing of the past, healing from childhood, childhood issues from your past, and it even goes back into previous lifetimes where healing becomes possible because the future we access through the mind, through memory, is not the true future. It's just a memory of the future. The future, that's the past, sorry, the past that we imagine with the mind is not the true past, it's just a memory of the past. The future we imagine with the mind is not the true future, it's just an imagination of the future. But here's the very interesting thing. You can access the true past and the true future through the doorway of the present moment. So the present present moment gives us direct access into the past, including previous lifetimes, where you know, we can intervene in that past and, in a sense, heal it, complete it, and, and release ourselves from that very difficult past life or past experience, and um, which enables us to be more deeply present. So it's really quite magical. It's quite mystical. It's really quite amazing. And, and the, the, the saddest thing about it is that most people are not aware that this awakened state of presence that I'm describing is available to everyone. Yeah, in fact, I think like a lot of people that, yeah, you talk about this to a lot of people and, and they really don't know what you're talking about. They, they Because it's, you know, I, I feel like uh, we are so lost in the mind that, you know, the fact of no mind is just, you know, it's the, the mind doesn't understand that. Well, it can't. 
because it's a state that is transcendent of, of the mind. It's beyond right. the mind. It's beyond. You see, the mind is always past or future. When you're in the mind, you're always somewhere in the past or somewhere in the future, and you're you're in a world where all your old beliefs, your opinions, your concepts, all your past experiences, they all form this 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 uh, field of consciousness, a very limited field of consciousness called the mind, and then you're kind of stuck in it, dealing with. It dealing with all your past limitations, past limiting beliefs, repressed emotions, judgments, conflict, fear, desire, need, all of this stuff is going on within the, the mind, within the story, within the dream. Those are interchangeable terms. Uh, when you're in the world of the mind, sometimes I say you're in the story or you're in the dream. And let me be clear about that. It's a little bit shocking, and this is why many people are, are unwilling to hear what I'm saying. Everything outside of this moment is the dream. <laughs> what you had for breakfast this morning, part of your dream. What you're going to do when we finish this online meeting, part of the dream. The only thing that is not the dream, the only thing, the only life that's ever truly available to you is this moment. And you very, very present in this moment. If you're very, very present in this moment, then in this moment you are an awakened being. It's that simple. Now, the moment you're caught back into the mind, into the past and future, into the, uh, the dream, then you've disconnected from the awakened being that you are. It's still there. You're still an awakened being, but now you've disconnected from it. You can't experience that level of awakenedness that is your true nature. So uh, the real question, the whole point of this teaching is to share with, with uh, those who are ready or those who are interested, how can we free ourselves from this past and future world of the mind, the story, the dream, the mind that never stops thinking? How can we free ourselves from this and become instantly present and gradually and, and gently settle more and more fundamentally into the present moment? So we become gradually become fundamentally established in presence. That's the first step in this teaching. And that really would be enough, except for one thing. We humans have become habituated, living lifetime after lifetime within the mind, within the dream, the story. We've become habituated to living in the mind, in the dream. We're also addicted to thinking. So even if we have an incredibly powerful, deep, beautiful, wonderful experience at the deepest levels of presence, it won't be long before that dream pulls you back. It says, hey, where do you think you're going? And it pulls you back, and the ego is very involved in pulling you back. So step two is necessary for most people, I'd say 90, 97% of the human population, because step two is all about bringing conscious awareness to how you get pulled out of presence. How did that happen? Uh, when you are pulled out of presence, what, what's the theme of your dream? What dream are you lost in? What dream are you living through? Who are you within your dream? You have to be able to identify who you've become within the dream because it's radically different than the truth of who you are. How do you keep yourself in the dream? For example, if you're spending a lot of your life looking for love, approval, acceptance, that's going to keep you in the dream. If you still want your mother to love you, 
She probably never will because she doesn't know how to. It's not even her fault. But that will keep you in the dream. If you're still angry at dad or father or first or first husband, right? if you're still angry and you blame them, that keeps you in the dream because it keeps you in the past. If you're too involved in future outcome, you've got all these desires and hopes and, and, and all of that, right, that'll keep you in the future. Uh, you can have your plans for the future, just don't get lost in it. You can remember the past, just don't go too far into it. Remain fundamentally settled in the present moment. So you can play in the world of time without getting lost in the world of time. If somebody asks me a, a particular question, I, I might say to them, um, I play in the world of time, but I am not of the world of time. Then which world are you of, sir? I am of the world of now. Hmm. And that really is the truth for everyone, except everyone is disconnected from their true home, which is the present moment. That's where we're meant to be living fundamentally. Um, everyone's disconnected from it and become absorbed into a world of illusion made up of past memory, future imagining, all the ideas, concepts, beliefs, and now we're imprisoned in that world and we can't find our way back to the truth of who we are. And that's what's absolutely essential at this stage of human evolution. We must Awaken out of our dream. We've got a dream going on. Everyone is lost in a dream. And ironically, it's the same dream. That's the great irony of it. We're all lost in the same dream in the same way, and we keep repeating the dream lifetime after lifetime. And what's the whole point of it? The whole point of your life is not to be successful or anything like that. The whole point of your life and, and each lifetime you live is to liberate yourself from the dream and awaken into the truth of who you are, the truth of love, the truth of oneness, the truth of God, and the truth of heaven on earth. Now, I can't think of anything that could be more amazing and wonderful and more purposeful than that. The trouble is we humans are so lost and so governed by the ego that it really, it's like, how do you get, how do you get the truth through to people who are so firmly and rigidly locked into the world of their beliefs and opinions, governed by the ego that won't release them. It's, it's got them well and truly under its control. So that's kind of what we're dealing with. Now, the beautiful thing is there's quite a lot of people that are responding to the invitation into presence, not just to me. There are many teachers now who are teaching presence. I teach it in my own unique way. Other people are teaching it in their own unique way. Um, and so, you know, each each person, each each person on this planet, if they're interested, they have to find their way to the teacher that is right for them at this stage of their journey. It might be me. It might be someone else. But essentially, we're teaching the same thing. But I think my teaching has step two, which is missing in many teachings. And in my view, step two is very, very necessary. Step two is all about uh, coming into right relationship with the ego. What is the ego? What is its role in your life? How does it function? Why does it resist you being present? How can you overcome its resistance? We have to get past the ego before we can awaken. <laughs> and you can't defeat the ego. It's not possible. You have to come into right relationship with the ego. Then there's another element of step two, which is the healing of the inner child. You know, you might think you've got all these repressed feelings and all these sorts of... Just one sec. Sure. 
turning something off here. Mm-hmm. Um, you might think you've got all these repressed feelings and limiting beliefs and emotions and disturbances, but the good news is they're not yours. They don't belong to you. They belong to the child that you once were. And so how can we heal that child? How can we bring to that child the one thing it really needs, the one thing it only needs, which is presence? No one was ever present with that child, which is the cause and source of all future pain for the rest of life. The fact that no one was ever present. And then limiting beliefs formed. I'm not loved. I'm not good enough. I'm all alone. There's no one here for me. I can't do it. I'm not worthy. Uh, I'm to blame. I'm guilty. All these limiting beliefs form, which affect every aspect of our life and our relationships. And they'll never, you'll, you'll be stuck with these limiting beliefs the rest of your life and you'll die with them unless you bring them all to consciousness in a certain way that leads to healing and release. So there's a certain way of relating to these limiting beliefs that is a part of this teaching that will uh, support you in liberating yourself from these limiting beliefs. And uh, the truth is everybody has a whole list of limiting beliefs that we're living with. (laughs) Um, So that's step two, and there's much more to step two than I'm describing. Yeah, and, and, and I want to talk a little bit more about step two. And, and before that, I, whenever you were talking, something that came up, I find your teaching uh, very similar to Edgar Tolle's teaching, for example. I mean, I, as you're saying, I think, you know, spiritual teachers at the end of the day, a lot of them are pointing to the same thing. It's just kind of finding which one is right for you. I like Edgar Tolle was the first teacher that I found personally, and it really resonated with me. But I, what I like about you that is a little bit different as Edgar is that you talk about these tips too that you were te- saying that you think it's missing in a lot of teachings because yeah. it's the step one, which is, you know, being present and just finding times in your day, remember t- to coming back to presence. But as you said, it's not, it's not so easy. And, and for me personally, I feel like, you know, I constantly go back to presence, but I'm still, I still get triggered. You know, I talk with somebody and somebody says something hurtful and I get triggered and maybe I, you know, I feel resentment for a couple of days or whatever. So I feel like, and, and I really like, you know, your step two, because it kind of like helps me go through that, bring consciousness, all the aspects that I lose myself and, and get out of presence. So, so you were talking about uh, the ego has been one of the obstacles, kind of being lost in the ego. Can we kind of go through the list of all the obstacles that you think for step two? Well, uh, yeah, the first obstacle is the resistance of the ego, and that's the primary obstacle. And and unfortunately, you can't defeat the ego. No one has ever defeated the ego, not Buddha, not Jesus, not anyone. You cannot defeat the ego. So what shall we do? Because the ego is constantly keeping us out of presence or pulling out of us out of presence. And there's a reason for that. It needs to keep you in the dream so it can continue its function of protecting you within the dream. If you come out of the dream and there's nothing to protect you against, what's the ego going to do? It doesn't like that and it's not in control. There's all sorts of issues we deal with with the ego. I won't go into any more detail there. And then you've got the issue of the inner child. The inner child is still looking 
for looking uh, everywhere for what it didn't get in childhood. It's looking for love. It's looking for acceptance. It's looking for trying to prove it's good enough or it's worthy. Uh, and then you start acting that out on people you meet as adults and, you, and you're basically caught in those patterns. So um, you've got to bring all these limiting beliefs to consciousness. The limiting beliefs are a significant obstacle to awakening. Uh, so, for example, if you, you get triggered by somebody, uh, something somebody says to you, right, and you feel resentful, well, what I say to people is when that happens, when you get triggered and you get caught and you're angry or resentful or hurt, what I say to people is you must say, thank you, God. <laughs> Because that's not a problem. That's an opportunity. It's an opportunity for you to witness how that happened. Not understand it, not analyze it, but be a witness to it. Recognize it's more recognition. Oh, okay. That person said something to me today, but it's really not about him. He said something that triggered something in me that's already there that really is my father when I was four years old. So that gives me an opportunity to heal and complete the issue with my father. It's got nothing to do with the person that angered me or hurt my feelings today. Mm. Nothing whatsoever. In fact, I should say thank you. I should say thank you to them. And they'll say, why are you thanking me? Because you give me an opportunity to take responsibility for all the repressed feelings and limiting beliefs still programmed within me that is causing me to react in the way I did. It has nothing to do with you, but thank you. You triggered me. I'm grateful for it. Now I'll take responsibility for what's unresolved within me or still affecting me. So what I also say to people is, no one, and this is absolutely true, no one can make you angry ever mm. unless you have anger repressed within you from the past. Then all that's happening is that person is triggering the anger repressed within you. That's why you should say thank, to, thank you to them. And, and in all likelihood, God sent that person to you and made them say exactly that to trigger whatever's unresolved within you so you can heal yourself and become more present. Because that, that's that's one of the things that you say, you know, that everything happens in our life for us to awaken, right? Yeah. Everything that's ever happened in your life, particularly the most difficult and painful things in your life, are actually designed to awaken you. Your story is actually constructed and designed to awaken you out of it. But we don't wake up. We just stay in the story trying to make it better rather than realize, wow, the real problem here is that I'm lost in a dream. Maybe it's better if I wake up out of the dream. Now I'm here. Now when I'm present, where is all that story? It's not here. It's gone. Where are the limiting beliefs? They're not here. Yeah. I, li I, like, I like the the analogy that you did. I think it was in Journey into Now that you were talking about. Uh, I think it was a lady that was having a dream dream. And uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. And she lost her keys or something like that. And, and then like she was finding the keys and then she's like, somebody honks the horn or something outside. Yeah, I, I should tell the story so we get it right. Right, so, right. <laughs> okay, let me briefly tell it because it, it really, this story reflects the human condition. It really tells us what has happened to humanity, this one simple story. It, it reveals everything in one simple story. So here it is. A woman was asleep in her bedroom, and while she was asleep, she was having a dream. And in the dream, she was on a train. And while she was on the train, she lost her two suitcases. 
And she began looking everywhere for her two suitcases on the train. She was going from carriage to carriage. She couldn't find her suitcases. She was getting more and more anxious, more and more upset. Where is her suitcases? Where are her suitcases? She had this really big problem. She'd lost her suitcases. She had to solve it. She had to find her suitcases. Her dream was turning into a nightmare. Now, just then, a car drove past her bedroom window and tooted the horn, and the sound began to wake her up. She was almost awake, and she thought to herself, I can't wake up yet. I haven't found my suitcases. And so she was about to stay on the train looking for her suitcases, and then it occurred to her, oh, just a minute. Now, if I wake up, then there's no dream. I'm not on a train. I haven't lost any suitcases. There's no problem, and so she woke up. Now, this story demonstrates what's happened to all of us. What are our lost suitcases that we're still Mm. looking for? I never felt loved as a child. I'm looking for love. I never felt accepted. I'm looking for acceptance. I never felt good enough. I'm trying to prove I'm good enough, et cetera, et cetera. So we're all lost in the dream looking for our lost suitcases. That's the irony. So just identify what are your lost suitcases? What are you looking for? Because you're not going to find it. God will not allow you to find what you're looking for because everything you're looking for, love, acceptance, uh, uh, compassion, truth, whatever it is, whatever you're looking for is within you. And as long as you keep looking for it outside of you, 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 you close down the door to discovering everything you're looking for within you. When you are truly present, I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt, when you are truly present, you are the energy of love. It has absolutely nothing to do with who or what you love, nothing. Mm. It's more like if I light a candle and the candle gives off a glow of light, when you're present, you give off a glow of love. You actually also give off a glow of light, but let's focus on love. (laughs) You literally give off a glow of love and people can feel it and they respond to it. And you're very present. I mean, they feel the presence, which is really the only thing anyone has ever wanted was someone to be present with them. So it's very attractive to people out there. If you're present with them, even though they don't realise that that's what they're, they're missing, that you fulfil something when you meet them in presence. So when you're present, you're the energy of love. Now, you're also the energy of acceptance. It's not what you accept, it's you are the acceptance. There's no judgment. Everything is what it is. You're so relaxed and accepting of the present moment as it is. Um, there's no judgment. Uh, when you're present, you are the energy of, of uh, compassion. And so it's this energy of love, acceptance and compassion that you bring to that dimension of you caught within the dream. It's as simple as that. The the awakened you, in a sense, reveals that lost you caught within the dream, lost in the past, lost in the future, with all the limiting beliefs, with all the repressed feelings, all the judgments. The awakened you reveals with love, acceptance and compassion the lost you. You, that dimension of you lost in the dream. And slowly, slowly the dream relaxes and it releases you. It starts to release you. As you heal something safe, safe from the past with your father, maybe your father used to get very judgmental and angry with you when you were a child. So we enter into that past through the doorway of the present moment. We go through a healing of that where you have an opportunity to say to your father, 
what you couldn't say then, you can complete it. You can kill him if you need to, whatever. Mm. It's all playful. Um, mm. But you're able to complete the past. And what happens is that part of your story that you were caught in literally opens up and releases you. That part is no longer holding you. So there'll be still some other parts of the dream holding you that where there were disturbances, but you attend to one at a time by paying attention and slowly, slowly the story is relaxing and releasing you. It's still there, but it's not trying to hold you anymore. It doesn't need to hold you anymore because it knows you're not judging it, you're not rejecting it, you're not abandoning it. Same is true for the ego. The ego feels the same way. If you bring to it the energy of love, acceptance, compassion, allowing, it's like you're the friend. Presence, when you're present, you are really the friend. And you're friendly. You're friendly towards your own thoughts. You don't believe them. You don't follow them. You don't reject them or judge them. You're just friendly. You notice them. You're friendly to basically your ego, the inner child, the energy of judgment, the limiting beliefs, the repressed feelings, and all the ways you lose yourself in others. You're friendly. You're bringing it all to consciousness in a friendly, loving, caring, compassionate way. You're not even trying to fix anything about yourself because to try and fix yourself implies a judgment of yourself. Mm. That won't work. You have to, you can't you can't fix yourself. All you can do is reveal. Jesus said a very interesting thing, which is one of my favorite statements from Jesus. All that is hidden shall be revealed. What does that mean? Mm. It means that everything is un- that is unhealed within you, that is unconscious within you, that is hidden within the darker recesses of your unconscious mind, it shall all be brought into the light of consciousness and revealed with love, acceptance and compassion. Mm. It's just a beautiful, the whole thing is just beautifully designed. It's actually a beautiful design. The whole system is designed. And it's designed to wake us up, but we humans have become so stubborn, so rigid in our beliefs. The further you are from the truth, the more rigidly you will hold on to your beliefs. And that's playing out in our world today. Even politics. Mm. Why would anybody rigidly believe in the left or the right? You don't need to rigidly believe in anything. Be flexible, be adaptable, be adjustable, and find your way to the centre in everything. See, humanity is completely out of balance. And we have to come back into balance if we're going to open the doorway to oneness, the doorway to love, the doorway to truth, the doorway to God. We have to come into balance within duality. And at the moment, the world is demonstrating very clearly how out of balance humanity is. The rest of the world is not, but humanity is. Humans are, and we're disturbing the balance in every other way. We're disturbing the balance in the natural world and we will pay the price if we're not careful. That's why it's so important for us to, as a species on this planet, to awaken into the truth of who we are, where we take up our true role as co-inhabitants of this beautiful planet. Yeah. So, yeah, a couple of things come to mind with that. So one thing... So it seems like the step one and step two is is really they're really interlinked completely because mm-hmm. as you become present uh, in step one, you know you start things as you were saying things start revealing from your hurt self or whatever and you bring that to consciousness. So it seems like they're very related to each other, right? They're, they're quite literally interdependent. Yeah. 
and they go together. Like one moment you're just focused on presence and you're becoming more deeply present. Then the next moment you're triggered, so you're attending to the dream, bringing, bringing to consciousness what is your dream, how do you get caught in the dream, who are you in the dream, how do you keep yourself in the dream, how do you come out of the dream. It's actually really, really simple. I have simplified this path of awakening so much that it's almost absurd. The problem <laughs> is the ego doesn't want simple. If it's too simple, that's really threatening to the ego. The ego needs it to be very complicated and complex so that it can constantly work on work towards enlightenment yeah, or right. non-dual awakening or all of that stuff. It doesn't want instant presence. And the truth is you can only be instantly present. There's no other way. If, for example, you notice you're thinking, that's okay, you're allowed to think, don't judge it, don't reject it, don't try and stop it. But at the same time, you notice you're thinking, you also know that you have a God-given right to adjust your focus and now you're present. But it's instant in the adjustment, right? I'm in my mind thinking now, now I'm present. That's it. And what am I present with? I'm present with something that is here in the moment with me. If I can see it, hear it, feel it, taste it, touch it, smell it, I can be present with it. It's really here. So if it's something that's really here in the present moment, of the present moment, the moment I'm truly present with it, I must come out of the mind because mind is past future. Mind is a world of illusion. It's not real. It's just thoughts, memories, imaginings, beliefs. But the moment I'm truly present with something that's actually here in the moment, I must come out of the mind, now I'm present. My mind will fall silent. At first it will calm down and slow down and become more gentle, but eventually it will fall silent. And you're just here, utterly present with what is here. And the angels will sing, hallelujah. Yeah, that's beautiful. So what what are other aspects of the step two? I know you, you talk oh, about... Okay. Re yeah. repressed emotions and entanglement in others which seem yeah. to be already kind of addressed a little bit of that but if we if we can go a little bit more into those okay that's a, a thank you for reminding me that um for um so a part of the awakening process to become fundamentally established in presence you can still play in the story you can still think but now it's conscious and intentional but you're fundamentally established in presence. In order to be fundamentally established in presence, you have to go through a process of liberating all the emotions repressed within you from your past. Most of it is coming from childhood. Repressed feelings, you couldn't deal with them as a child. So the ego helped you to repress the feelings. The problem is they're still repressed. So when you come, when you become present, You're literally coming into the body. You're coming out of the mind and into the body and you're relating moment to moment to what is here through your senses. It's a very embodied state. But the problem is when you come in more and more into the body, where do you think all the repressed emotions are stored? <laughs> They're stored in the body. So you're going to start to encounter the repressed emotions that you've successfully repressed for 30 or 40 years, now they're coming up and you don't like that, you don't want that and the ego will do what it needs to do to push them back and pull you back into the dream. That's not supposed to happen, says the ego. We're supposed to keep the feelings down so he doesn't have to feel them. They're too much. He's only four years old. Give him a break, right? So, so then we have to learn what I teach in, in step two 
is how to liberate these feelings without getting lost in the story. And I don't want to go into how I do that. The only difficult emotion to liberate is anger. Mm. Now, notice I'm saying liberate. I'm not saying fix. Mm. I'm not saying therapy. I'm not saying get rid of. I'm saying liberate that repressed energy so that it can complete its journey through you. And once it's had its opportunity to express, and it doesn't take long, maybe a few minutes, a few minutes, you can release lifetimes of anger in a few minutes if you hit the right note. Anger has a right note, and I share anger's right note in this teaching. It's hilarious. It's really fun. We have in this teaching, we have the anger meditation. Everyone mm. loves the anger meditation. There's nothing more, there's no more fun than doing the anger meditation in a group of 100 people. <laughs> it's hilarious, or even 200 people. It doesn't matter. So um, that's the only really difficult emotion, like, for example, sadness. What's difficult about that? Mm. Let the tears flow. Mm. And so the, the emotions we have to deal with and liberate are essentially these. On the top layer is anger. Underneath that is hurt, sadness, pain. Underneath that are all the unfulfilled needs, the neediness that was never met or fulfilled in our childhood. We're still looking. I need you to love me. I need you to accept me. Please, I need you to see me. I need you to listen to me. And if you don't love me, I want to kill you. So it's kind of very, it gets very confusing in there. Uh, so that's we, we go through a process of liberating the repressed feelings. Underneath the need is fear. So it's anger, hurt, sadness, pain, unfulfilled needs, fear. We bring it all to consciousness and we start to, to uh, take responsibility for that. And there, there are many different ways of doing that. I can't go into it all here. The final right. aspect of step two is all the ways we literally lose ourselves in other people. Um, how we get entangled in other people. So uh, that is a real obstacle to our awakening. So if I want you to agree with me right now, I'm actually losing myself in you because you're a free being. You're free to agree or not uh, agree. That's your business. I have no right to interfere with that or, or intrude into that. But if I need you, I want you to agree with me, I'm actually intruding, I'm interfering mm. with you, but energetically I'm getting caught in you. If I mm. want you to love me, same thing. Energetically, if I want you to love me, um, I'm moving energetically away from myself and getting mixed up in you. That's not good for you either, and it's not good for me. How can you know who you are if you've got all these people mixed up in you, wanting wanting you to love them, accept them, whatever, or they're angry at you, they blame you? You've got all these people in you. Kick everyone out. <coughs> I am me. You are you. So uh, we go through a process of recognising how we're losing ourselves in others and slowly and gently we come back to ourselves. Uh, we take responsibility for certain things, like if I'm blaming you, I take responsibility for that. I own, acknowledge, confess. I might even exaggerate the blame and ham it up. For example, I might tell one of my students uh, who's involved in blame, I might say, okay, for the next two days, I want you to blame everything you can possibly see, find, <laughs> Just go fully into blame, become the, the blamer of the world. And I can promise you after two days, they're so finished with blame. <laughs> Same with I had a woman one uh, many years ago, a woman that was, she actually became a friend as well. She started as a student, became a friend. So uh, we'd meet for lunch occasionally or, or a coffee. She was she had this bad habit of complaining. She'd complain about everything. It was driving me crazy. So I gave her the complaining meditation 
which is identical to the blaming meditation. The next, I actually made it seven days for her. She had to complain about everything for seven days. She had to close her eyes and do the complaining meditation. I gave her the instructions. After seven days, I never heard her complain again. Wow. She was just so tired. She had to listen, see the catch right. is. I made her do the, the complaining meditation. I made it up on the spot. But the complaining meditation was she had to sit, close her eyes, and complain nonstop for five minutes or ten minutes, right, and speak the words aloud so she could hear her complaining. Mm, right. After a while, she got so tired of it. Who wants to complain like this? She stopped it. It's very, very effective, and it's kind of it's all very playful. You can't take awakening seriously. Mm. If you take it seriously, oh, I've got to get enlightened or I'm on a mm. non-dual path and none of this is real and nothing's real, um, you're going to be in trouble, I can tell you. Yeah, and because I feel I feel many, many people you know, get lost on that. Like, for example, I personally, whenever you were talking about getting entangled with other mm. people, I was thinking of whenever I started in this journey, And, uh, you know, I was listening to Ed Cartole and everything. I wanted everybody to know this, you know, because uh -huh. I was experiencing so much peace when I was present and everything resonated so much. Uh -huh. But I felt like I was getting kind of like angry whenever people were not listening to me, which was, you know, based on my ego. So it was kind of sure. defeating the purpose. Yeah. No, but it's great that you, you had that introduction to presence and then you find your way into mastery as well. It's not enough just to be present. Just to be present means you're caught up to the cow or the tree or the donkey. The cow, the tree, and the donkey are already fully present. But they don't have to worry about dreams or mind or anything like that. They're just here in their natural state being authentically a donkey, a cow, or a tree in its full and authentic nature, its true nature. So then along come humans, not human beings, just humans, who have no clue about being present, uh, governed by their egos, living in a world of illusion and separation, and we begin really, really being destructive to the true beings. We call ourselves human beings, and that is the great lie. We are not human beings. We are humans, hopefully on our way to being human beings, whereas the tree is not, not a tree. The tree is really a tree being. The tree, the flower is really a flower being. The donkey is really a donkey being. But we humans seem to enjoy stealing the name being from the true beings and pretending that we're human beings. Now, most people would be probably upset by what I'm saying, <laughs> but who cares? Right. So, Leonard, can you talk a little bit on, you know, something that was coming to mind is whenever... You know, if, if you tell to, to somebody, you know, oh, you need to, you know, you talk about presence, no? What are the qualities of presence that start opening up once you become more fundamentally present? Okay. So I kind of already described this, but I'll go through it again briefly. So the first thing I want to say is that sometimes being present is very, very ordinary. It's not special. It's not fancy. There are no lights going off. There's no big bang. You're just here. And why would you choose present, the present moment if it's ordinary? A very simple reason. I choose to be in the present moment, the truth of life, where God is the creator, rather than lost in my mind, 
my story, my dream, a world of illusion and separation, but there I get to be the creator. Essentially, we have to choose who's the creator here. Mm -hmm. Is it you or is it God? And I'd recommend to take a look at your creation, compare it with God's creation. Um, so, um, so that's the first thing. Sometimes being present is very ordinary, but then at other times it becomes amazingly extraordinary and mystical, and you open up into the most profound sense of timelessness, oneness. You open into the eternal. You start to sense and feel the presence of God in all things present. Uh, at the very deepest level of presence, it suddenly reveals, this world reveals itself to you as heaven revealed on earth. There is nothing, I can't imagine anything more wonderful or more worthwhile than that. How can anything, how can anything compare to that? But we all get so lost in our little lives, pursuing things that really have nothing to do with our true purpose. Now, that doesn't mean you can't live your life, your little life, your big life in any way you like but not without that element of awakening into presence, truth, love, and oneness. Uh, one other thing I'd like to add is that um, <clears throat> I actually forgot what I was going to add. So <laughs> no worries. No, I, I, yeah, I love it. And, and the reason I was asking that again is because I feel like sometimes the mind can resist presence. And, and I guess this is a challenging thing, but once you, once you start realizing the qualities that come out of presence, I feel like the mind can relax a little bit into, and as you're saying, it's not that you're losing your ego, your ego is going to be still there to help you out. And your mind is going to be there to help you out. But you can, you can be in both. You can choose presence and be kind of fundamentally present and, and, and receive all these great qualities, but also then still operate at the level of the mind. Yeah, absolutely. See, what happens when you're present is that, well, there's, there's levels of presence. Presence really should be seen as existing on a vertical axis like that. So in other words, you can become lightly present, and the present moment is kind of ordinary, but at least you're present. You're not lost in a dream. You're here, and, and you feel very different when you're here, even in an ordinary way. So you're here, but at this level of presence, time is still available to you. You can think if you choose to, but now your thinking is conscious and intentional. You're aware of what you're thinking. Those unintended, unconscious thoughts are no longer coming up. So you can still think, you can plan, you can remember the past. That's at this level of presence, and it's beautiful. So even when you play in the story, you've still got both feet in the present moment, but you're playing in the story. You're enjoying your memories. You're planning your future. You're having fun with your friends, telling stories. You're enjoying yourself. There's no reason not to. But you haven't disconnected from presence, and like that, Mm. At any moment, bang, mm. you're deeply, deeply, deeply present instantly. Mm. Then maybe two minutes later you're flowing again, enjoying <laughs> your friends and going into the store, buying buying your groceries. It doesn't really matter. But the, the, what's really important is you can flow easily without interruption between these two dimensions so that presence actually can flow easily and participate in the world of time without getting lost there. That's the perfect outcome for humanity, as far as I'm concerned. So it's not about eliminating the mind. It's not about no more thinking. 
It's just that when I think, I'm thinking consciously and intentionally. All those limiting beliefs from the past, they're not there with me anymore to interfere with my enjoyment of, of life within time. Uh, the repressed feelings have been liberated, so they're not getting triggered. The limiting beliefs are not intruding. I'm not losing myself in other people looking for love. I'm just enjoying myself. I'm enjoying you in this moment. I'm enjoying this experience, what we're doing together. It's okay to enjoy yourself. If you're going to play in the dream, then play well in the dream, but don't get lost in the dream. Mm. Enjoy the dream, come out of the dream every now and then and recognise the truth that is ever-present within you and all around you. But the, nothing is preventing you from thinking consciously and intentionally. In fact, that's what the mind really is meant to be. The mind performs two functions. Number one, the mind is meant to be an instrument of expression for presence. In other words, in some way that is really difficult to comprehend, but in some way, even though I'm present and I'm speaking from presence, I don't know what the next sentence is, I'm speaking from presence, but the mind is the instrument that enables me to speak to you. It, 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 the words are there. The words just flow. So I, I can't separate myself from it, but it's an instrument of expression. But the mind also gives me access to the past and future as memory or imagining. So I can play in that world, but I wasn't meant to, I wasn't supposed to get so lost in that world of past and future, that, that world of thought, idea, belief, concept, and opinion. We've all become so lost in that and governed by the ego, living in separation and illusion without even knowing that's what's happening. Lost in a dream without realizing that we're lost in a dream. Pretty pretty unfortunate, really, and the consequences of that are very, very significant. Yeah, yeah. As you were saying, you can see it, and in, in our political system nowadays, this rivalry and and with everything, environmental issues. Well, no, no, you, you see it more in all the species that are disappearing from planet Earth right. on a daily basis. Yeah. I'm much more concerned about the species that are disappearing, all the harm we're doing to the natural world in our ignorance and our unconsciousness than I am for humans. Right, right. Humans, uh, we, we need to be responsible. And, you know, one of, the greatest, uh, one of the greatest errors ever made in human history are the words in the Bible that refer to humans as the custodians of the custodians. I think that's the, the name, the word. We're not custodians. We don't have custody of anything. We're supposed to be the caretakers. Mm, exactly. Which means we take care. But you can't take care of anything if you've separated yourself from it mm. by becoming absorbed into the world of not here, a world of illusion and separation. How can you take care of this natural world if you're not really here and you're not experiencing the oneness? The moment you open into presence and oneness, you're going to be very, very, you're going to feel very, very uncomfortable cutting down a tree mm. or even picking a flower, to be honest with you. Mm. You're not going to feel comfortable. Perhaps you'd ask the tree, is it okay with you if I proceed? And the tree might say yes. I don't mm -hmm. know. Now, this is an extreme position, but that's actually the position of the deeper levels of presence. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What I experienced in myself is once I started going more, becoming more and more present, is that things naturally, for example, I, I started changing the way that I ate. Like I started eat, eating much more plant-based because right. I, I would see, you know, the the our consequences as humans. I started being much more 
focus on the environment. In fact, I'm actually an environmental consultant uh, now. So, so kind of naturally, you know, those qualities, uh, my awareness of those kind of things uh, grew, grew much more. Great. That's beautiful. And that's, that's not uncommon that, that you start to feel and sense these things that you're, you're speaking of. And, but, you know, if you're going to be, for example, an activist, you have to be careful not to be an angry activist. Yes, Otherwise yes. You become part of the problem. Uh, you want to be an awakened, compassionate activist, an empowered activist, but still one acting up from a, from a dimension and expressing from a dimension of peace and love, but also power and truth. Right. You see, the truth, I really totally, totally love those words that Jesus uttered. The truth shall set you free. I honestly have the sense that if the truth is is expressed clearly enough, mm-hmm. it's very hard to resist. It has to be simple and clear, clear enough that it can penetrate through all the minds and the ego's defences. Because the truth, if I'm speaking words of truth to you, the only way you can know that I'm speaking words of truth, that I'm speaking the truth, is from the truth within you. There is no other way. If you're if you're not uh, in, in presence, you you don't know whether I'm saying what I'm saying is true or not. But when you're present, it resonates, and you know there's an inner knowing. Yes, it's almost like the speaker of truth and the hearer of truth are one and the same. It really doesn't matter who's speaking and who's hearing. The truth is the truth, and the truth belongs doesn't belong to me. If I called it my truth, you should run like hell. If you called it your truth, I'm going to run like hell. Then whose truth is it? As far as I'm concerned, the truth belongs to God and it's equally available to each and every one of us, but only when we're present. Because the world of the mind is the world of not here. It's a disconnected state from the truth from the present moment. When we're in the mind, in the separation, what are we separate from? We're separate from the present moment, which means we're separate from the truth of life. We're separate from the truth of love. We're separate from the truth of who we really are. We're separate from the truth of oneness, God and heaven on earth. We're separate. And almost everything we do in the world of the mind, the dream, the story, at a very subtle and hidden level, is designed to avoid and escape the pain of separation which exists within each one of us. And we have been running and running and running from that pain of separation, which is actually experienced as a feeling of emptiness within us, but we don't like it. It feels like empty. It feels lonely. I don't want to go there. So we run from it. We look for a relationship. We get busy. We watch TV. We fill up our minds with all sorts of stuff to escape the pain of separation. And the great irony is we have to return to that feeling of being separate in order to open into oneness. Now, I'm not going to go more into more detail than, than that right now because it's not appropriate, but it's very powerful, very healing when, when, you're, when, you, when I can guide you back to that feeling of emptiness within your body and have you be present with it and feel it. And then what I do is I invite that feeling of emptiness to begin spreading through your body. Mm slowly and gradually filling your entire body, your legs, your feet, your front, your back, your arms, everything, that feeling of emptiness spreading through your body. And then I have you say these words, I am not empty, I am full. 
I am full of nothing. I am full of nothingness. Then relax. That's what we've been running from. And we've not realised, the thing that we've not realised is that God is everything and God is also nothing. If we keep running from the nothingness, we're actually running from that dimension of God, which is nothingness. And then we finish up with this statement, or I shall conclude with this statement. God is everything and God is nothing. And beyond everything and nothing, God is, I am, thou art. End of dream. Right here. This is it. That's amazing, Leonard. I think that's a, that's a perfect uh, way to close. Uh, I was also thinking... Uh, to do the final close, I wanted to just read kind of the a part of the journey into now. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's there's a section at the end of step two where you talk about kind of like a summary of of the awaken, uh, the 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 way of the awaken reviewed. So I'll go ahead and and read these uh, couple this few sentences. So okay. it says to awaken you will have to choose to be present many times each day. You will have to honor the present moment as the truth of life. You will have to know that everything outside of this moment is an illusion created through the power of thought, memory, and imagination. You can play in the world of illusion, but be careful not to get lost there. When you're fully present, you're an awakened being at least for those moments that you're present. To be present is instantaneous and immediate. Just be present with what is here. There is no practice. There is no process. Either you're present in this moment or you're not. But to become fundamentally established in presence in your day-to-day life and in your relationship, you will have to go through a process. If you are to, for, to be forever free of, from imprisonment within the world of the mind and free from the bondage, bondage and tyranny of the ego, you must arise in mastery. This means that you will have to bring consciousness to the many ways that you're pulled out of presence. Bring consciousness, conscious awareness to every subtle movement of the ego. Identify every strategy created by the ego to confuse you, seduce you, trick you, and hold you captive within the world of the mind. Bring conscious awareness to every aspect of who you have become on this long journey through time and separation, and do so with love, acceptance, and compassion. Release emotions that are repressed within you by allowing them into conscious and responsible expression. Free yourself from entanglement in others. Transcend judgment of others, of yourself and others. There isn't anything that can be left in the darkness of your unconscious mind. You will have to turn over every stone in your quest for awakening. That is what true awakening is. You are fully present in this moment of now. You and you are a master of your own mind and ego.
Okay. Well, that's a very beautiful reading from uh, Journey Into Now. But what it really proves is how consistent I am in my message. Because every, <laughs> everything you read, I've already spoken of that's very right. clearly. It was a nice summary. And uh, that's a very accurate little summary of the awakening process. Yeah. So, great. Yeah. And uh, I do encourage people to, to read my books, particularly Journey Into Now, but also the other the other books because the other books are, are more at a mystical dimension. They're more written for the awakened dimension of you, whereas Journey Into Now is more a book describing the process of awakening and what what it all means and how to how to awaken. That's right. But, um, but the other three books, Words from Silence, Embracing the Present, Bridging Heaven and Earth. Yeah. They're very powerful reminders, like open it at any page and you'll probably become instantly present, right? So, That's right. And, so and we're, 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 sorry, go on. No, no, I was just going to say, what's what's the best way to, to contact you, Leonard, if people want to hear more of your teaching beyond your books? Uh, what? How else can people find you? Well, the best thing is to go to my website and register through uh, our contact uh, or email submission list so that we know about you. Then when we send out notices to everyone, you'll be included. Uh, you can also email or, or uh, you can email info at leonardjacobson.com. I'm not going to, to answer it, but um, we have a staff at the Conscious Living Foundation, which is a nonprofit organization that we set up many years ago to support this teaching. Um, and uh, so there are many ways. You can also find me on YouTube, on Facebook, on um, uh, Instagram even, on um, uh, uh, also there's the app, which I, I, I know you're now a member of, um, which is great. Uh, yeah, it's it's really, really a good app. For me, the greatest, greatest, uh, or the most unfortunate thing is that more people don't know about the app. It's an incredible yeah. support. Day-to-day, yeah, day-to-day support. Um, in your own process of awakening, it's such as a well such as, a better way than than uh, checking, you know, Facebook or other social yeah, media. Like yeah. this is a this is a space where everybody's trying to awaken. Everybody's respect, respectful. It's a it's a it's a very safe safe space to express how you're feeling, and it, it's just it's just a blessing. And it's a very loving, conscious, present community who are willing to be very honest and authentic. Absolutely. As they go through this process of awakening, so I, I think it's great. But uh, the only sad thing for me is that there are not more people because I want to support as many people as possible in the process of their own awakening, and uh, the app certainly accomplishes that. So, too, does reading the books, watching the videos. One thing I should mention, if people are really, really drawn to this teaching, is that there are so many retreat videos that um, we've worked long and hard at to create. You know, like a retreat from 2010, for example, the Mount Madonna retreat. It's right. like 11 one-hour videos for, from that retreat. And it's like being at the retreat itself. Yeah. So I strongly recommend that people uh, can watch those retreat videos as well. Yeah. So, um, you know, there's so much on offer here. Um, and all I can do is put out the invitation for awakening and provide a simplified way of awakening that may or may not resonate with people or, or it may do so. Yeah. Yeah. And we will do, we'll do as, as much as we can, Leonard, to spread the message and especially spread the message of the app since it's, this is a more of a newer thing. Yeah. So uh, I think it's such, I wanted to thank you again. Uh, I think your, your teachings, 
you know, have the potential to really heal humanity. It has definitely uh, helped me heal and bring me more to presence and more connected to my true self. So I, I really appreciate that from you, Leonard. Great. And when this virus thing is over, I strongly recommend you come to one of our live events. They're amazing. I would love to. Yeah, yeah that would be great. Blow you away. <laughs> Seriously. Awesome. Okay. All right. All right. Well, thank you so much. All righty. Have a good one, Leonard. Okay. Thanks a lot. Bye. You take care. Bye bye. Thank you very much for listening to the podcast, and I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. And if you feel drawn to Leonard's teachings, uh, feel free to go to his, to his website or download the app. As I said, uh, it's, it's an amazing app that really kind of helps me personally, uh, you know, feel more connected every day and, and you know, away from all the distractions. Uh, so I highly recommend that and, and his books as well. Uh, journey into now is is my favorite and it's just an, an amazing an amazing book so as you might know we are a podcast supported by the community so if you feel that this episode or other episodes have helped you please consider helping us financially uh, through patreon.com so we have more resources to to do these uh, podcasts that will be immensely appreciated. It really helps us a lot. And there you can find us in patreon.com through the Roots of Impact podcast. And another big help would be for you to refer us to a family member, a friend, or a person you know that would benefit from our podcast. Thank you very much. And we'll see you in the next, next episode. Roots of of impact